0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance Wild 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 Card Weekend, plus linguistic discrepancies, coaching carousel, hashtag crew, and I'm still sick. Let's go. Here we go. go, go.
0: Only one place to start. All right, the
1: one place to start with us this morning, as always, is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash ZipRecruiter. Smartest way to hire. You might think that the one place to start this morning would be with Wild Card weekend, but wait, we can actually be more specific than that. I think the biggest story in the NFL in a long time happened yesterday, and I want to dive into that with my buddy Rob Ninkovich and our NFL insider extraordinaire, Dan Graziano, who both of them are good enough to hang around after we do get up this morning. You know, Dan, I, I tried to paint yesterday. As in its own way, maybe the most important day that Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have had since he got there. And not because if he doesn't play this weekend, they're going to lose. They've played playoff games before. But I really felt as though. This week's game on some level, not how well he plays, but whether or not he plays, feels to me like something of a referendum on whether they're going to stay together in the long run or not. What should I read into him not practicing yesterday?
2: Well, I, I think first and foremost, we read that he's still hurt, right? I mean, like that, that, that his knee hurts and he doesn't feel like he's, he's able to play. But when you think about the contract situation, you think about what the dispute was. He wanted full guarantees and they didn't want to give it to him if he's not able to answer the bell for a playoff game and they get eliminated, now you go back into the into the negotiating table and if he still wants the guarantees, you have one more significant data point uh, favoring the team's side, which is you weren't there. Like, we, we can, how can we guarantee the contract if we can't count on you to be there for the playoffs? So again, like, I, I, I'll buy that he's hurt. I, I don't, I'm not accusing him of anything, but the fact that if he's unable to play this week... That fact, I think, justifiably is going to make it more difficult for him at the,
1: at the negotiating table. And, and this is why it feels like a, 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 the beginning of a divorce, sort of like a snowball that starts rolling downhill. Yep. Because I understand that perspective from the team. I also understand his perspective, which is, if I'm not fully healthy, yeah. then one of two things is going to happen if I go out on that field on Sunday. And both of them are bad for me. One of them is, I'm not able to play like myself, and you're going to hold that against me. The other is, I go out there, I hurt myself even worse, and you're certainly going to hold that against me. So we've got ourselves a situation, Inko, where the Ravens have their side of this, and I fully understand Lamar's side as well.
3: Well, I, I just think that Lamar has lost money through this season. And where he was at before mm. the season, where he's at today, is if he was going to sign a contract with the Ravens, it's going to be for less than what he was going to sign before. and I think? Every, I I do because everything that you do is evaluated and your health is evaluated. So it's unfortunate, but that's just the way the league works. They are trying to pay the player according off of what they feel the reliability is. Are they available? Are they going to take us to a deep playoff run? Are they going to help us win Super Bowls? Everything is, is taken into account here because at the end of the day, this is, it's a business and it's not so much what you've done for me in the past. It's what will you do for me moving forward. And I'm concerned with a PCL injury. It's an injury where it can linger. Um, it could affect you long term. And we know Lamar is a mobile quarterback that mm-hmm. needs to run. He he can't play at the level that we see Lamar playing at as just a pocket passer. So it's vital that he's healthy, number one. Um, and it's also vital that <laughs> for his own sake, to to get what he wants, a fully guaranteed contract, he had to play every single game this year. Well, okay,
1: I I get that part of it. But let me throw the other side of it at you, which is this is how many points the Ravens scored in the final few games that Lamar Jackson played. 27, 27, 27, 23. Here are the amounts of points they've scored since he got hurt. Uh, 16, 10, 3, 17, 13, 16, right? I mean, as R.C. said the other day on Get Up, he should be holding up a sign on the sideline that says, see, they, st- well, he said suck, they they stink without me. Right. So, I mean, there's, there, there's an argument to be made on either side of this thing, Dan. I, I've said for a while, he's not a system quarterback. He is the system. Right. None of this offense doesn't work without him in it. So, I, I think both sides are in a and a, and a challenging
2: situation here. They are. And look, I, I've made this point a couple times, and I'll continue to make it. Lamar Jackson is a high-character individual uh, who has been a team-first guy throughout his career. The Ravens are a well-run organization that has historically taken care of their own. There are reasons to hope that they can come to some kind of agreement still. I, I, I think that that is certainly within the range of potential outcomes without question. But— it it, something's something's not all the way right here and and it's not going to help what's going on these last four or five weeks is not going to help a deal get done uh and i think it raises the possibility that they're they do end up parting ways at some point whether that's they franchise him and then agree to a trade a la Devontae adams last year with the packers and the raiders you know that kind of thing i think is now on the table in terms of
1: possible outcomes here all right And, and so of course all of my Jet fan friends are losing their minds. We got to go get Lamar, got to go get Lamar, got to go get Lamar. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you will love, visit progressive.com slash careers. Before I get to the games this weekend, I have won for each of you. Since I mentioned the Jets, I'll start there. Uh, they make the change at offensive coordinator, yeah. which I, I'd said here on Monday was absolutely had to happen. There was no way in the world that that situation could just continue as it was. Um, so what should the jet fan be expecting as far as who will wind up in that seat? The think you have to remember about the Lafleur family and Sala. I mean, they're all
2: extremely close right. friends. Like, I mean like the best men in each other's weddings, that kind of thing. So I don't think it was as cut and dried as like, you know, performance-based. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, you probably look for somebody who's, who's sort of of that same sort of tree as, as Robert Sala, right? Like, I mean, I know the name of Daryl Bevel's been thrown around. Uh, they they both were in uh, Seattle at one point. You know, Nathaniel Hackett knows the system, but obviously not an experienced play caller. So, yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see because the Jets really don't know what their quarterback situation is. So you can't really tailor the offensive coordinator hire around that uh, and so whoever it is is going to walk into an uncertain situation and
1: have to be prepared to deal with anything. All right, so we've got that one working out there. The other one, Aninko, I want to ask you, again, is the pride of Joliet, Illinois, and growing up a, 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 in, the, in the shadow of Soldier Field and a huge fan of the Chicago Bears. <clears throat> You've heard the conversation here this week. Mike Tannenbaum has mentioned it. Others have, of the possibility that rather than building around Justin Fields, the Bears actually choose to build around a quarterback they take number one and trade away Fields. Um, to me, the big risk in that is that Justin Fields might become a superstar, and now you look like a boob. Um, so I guess I would ask you, the Bears fan in you, what do you think they should do?
3: I think they should keep Justin Fields because, you know, every evaluation that you have of a player in college, what was Justin Fields in college? Amazing. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at these kids coming out of school right now like they can help you become a better team than Justin Fields? I don't agree with that. I think the best case for the Bears would be to help continue to build a team around Justin Fields, get him an offensive line. We saw some progress here this season, um, but they're a long ways away from being competitive when it comes to just weaponry. Uh, and again, I don't think that that would be a smart move to trade away a guy like Justin Fields to go and get a question mark coming out of college, which you don't know what that's going to turn into.
1: Well, I, I What I think it's going to turn into uh... – what I think that pick is going to turn into is Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. And I actually started my draft prep this week, so I've started doing players. Yeah. And, and the more I look around at this thing, the more the more sense I'm getting that when push comes to shove, the NFL, well, I, I, I could see someone falling in love with Will Levis, the quarterback mm-hmm. from um, Kentucky because of his size, because someone is going to think I can make that into the next Josh Allen. At the end of the day, I think we're going to be talking about Bryce Young at number one. And if that is the case, Nick I mean, as a longtime player. Just how much concern is there for the size? The man is just small. He's dynamic. He's talented. But he's not only short, which a lot of other players are, but he's also kind of built – a little smaller than a Kyler Murray or or some of the other quote unquote short quarterbacks. Just how much of a
3: concern is that? It's a big concern. Uh, you know, when you take that step up to the NFL, everything is a little bit quicker, and the the hits that you're going to take, especially, um, you know, we haven't seen a quarterback that can consistently stay healthy and take that type of damage, unless you are a Josh Allen, unless you are six five. 230. So I I really when I look at the size and you really the the aspect of as a defender when they had smaller players and, and I can attest to going in pass rushing against a guy or a guy that that is undersized. You want to make sure that at the end of the game, they realize that they just got fell on by a bunch of 300-pound guys, yeah. big guys. Yeah. So make sure you drop some weight on them. And the NFL's even gone to the, the lengths of throwing flags for dropping weight yes. on quarterbacks. Yes, yeah. rules. But that's when you're in the pocket. Right. There's no rules right. when you're out of the pocket. When you're scrambling running out of the pocket, you want to drop weight on them. You want to put a lot of weight on them. You want to. You want to just... Do you want to make <laughs> him feel it? Hurt him, you want yeah. to make him feel Understood. it. Understood. And, and that, that
1: alone would be a reason for me not to want to go in that direction. Greeny and Graz and Rob Nikovich presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you will love with flexibility, great pay and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces. Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. OK, two playoff games I want to ask you about, Graziano. You have the Cowboys losing Monday night to Tampa Bay in the game that we will have. If that does indeed happen. What will the fallout be in Big D? I think there there ends up being a
2: conversation about the head coach, especially because, you know, it's the coordinators who they like are in demand. Uh, But I think changes on the coaching staff become possible, whether it's head coach uh, or otherwise. And and obviously it'll be higher hopes than this in Dallas. So regardless of what Jerry Jones said the other day, and, and he may keep Mike McCarthy. He may be determined to do that. But I do think there are conversations to be had about the coaching staff uh, moving forward. So that was a pick you made that surprised me a little. Me too. I wasn't as... <laughs> Brady being 7-0 and
1: against the Cowboys did it, but that was the tiebreaker for me. Well, so I was a little surprised. I was a little less surprised that you picked the Giants to beat the Vikings on Sunday. That is a very popular pick. It why, is. Why do you like Big Blue? And
2: now that it's popular, I don't like it as much. Like That, that makes me uncomfortable. When, yeah. Um, they played them close a couple of weeks ago. I just don't know that the, I don't know that the difference between these two teams is reflected in the records. Honestly, they're both they both very good at winning very close games. All the, uh, the Vikings have are eleven and zero in one score games. The Giants have an excellent record in one score games as well. Um, I, I just I just feel like you know when you have two teams that are fairly evenly matched. Both the teams, by the way, Hembo told me it's the fourth matchup in in history. Of playoff teams that were that had negative point differentials uh, during the season, they mm-hmm. both were outscored. Uh, so I, I think that makes it kind of a coin flip. And the Giants have been really good at uh, at sort of uglying up these games and pulling them out in the end.
1: Yeah, they have the tie on their record as well. So I'm just looking through it to try and count the one-score games. It's basically every single week yeah. uh, it feels like they were in one-score games. What about it, Nick? You also have the Giants winning on Sunday.
3: Yeah, I thought I was going to be the only, only one. I know. I was, I, was <laughs> I was surprised like, well, at that popularity the of that pick. Uh, I, I really think it's going to come down to Saquon Barkley in, in the running yeah. game. The last time that they met, um, he had uh, 133 yards, I do believe, on 22 touches. Six yards a carry. Mm. anytime you can hand the football off and gain six yards makes it a lot easier on your quarterback so Daniel Jones in that matchup also had a good football game through for over 300 yards Um, so I think it's going to come down to can the Vikings stop Saquon Barkley and it's 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 a big game for Saquon especially for him potentially staying with the Giants you look at the potential for a big contract for Saquon, if he can go out in the playoffs and, and dominate, it's going to help him substantially make a little bit more money here.
1: I just counted it uh, to me; thirteen of their seventeen games were one-score games this year. Yeah. The Giants. So then and the one the, was a
2: no-score game.
1: But I said, both the of the those, you right, including that. But 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 then and then there's the Daniel Jones of it, and I'll finish the discussion with this, yeah. Danny. Something that you've said repeatedly is that the Giants will have a figure in mind. That they're comfortable with. Yeah. I okay, yeah. So. Daniel Jones, you're worth this to us. If you're well, I don't know that someone... I don't know that that's the way this thing plays out. In a league that is as quarterback desperate as it is right now, let's, let's live in a world where Daniel Jones plays a good game on Sunday and the mm-hmm. Giants do win. I think someone's going to... I don't necessarily mean – I don't mean they're throwing Josh Allen money at him, but I mean someone's going to throw a bunch of money in Daniel Jones's face. I don't think the Giants just get to keep him uh, at some sort of hometown discount. That's not my expectation.
2: Quarterback is so eye of the beholder, though, right? And And I think Daniel Jones is viewed around the league as somebody who – you know, he has athleticism, but he has flaws in his game. I think people still hold the early career turnovers against him to a certain extent. The Giants know him better than anyone else, and he just got them to the playoffs – with basically nothing at wide receiver all mm-hmm. year, I think they'll value that more highly than a team on the outside
1: will value Daniel Jones. I think there's a pretty good chance he sticks around. We will see. I could do this all day long, but you guys, you're nice enough to hang around. Rob Ninkovich, Dan Graziano, after we wrap up, get up. Thank you, fellas both. My takes are coming up next on this Thursday, so stay there. This is Greeny, and you're listening to ESPN
0: Radio. Greenie, the Podcast.
1: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: Let's go, baby. We are ready for NFL playoffs this weekend. Super wild card weekend. Who will be one and done and who will begin a magical run? We're the winner. We go home. What do you want to do? Coverage begins every morning at 6 Eastern with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And it continues all day right here on ESPN Radio.
1: All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We have some breaking news <clears throat> that it, it, it's from Chicago, but it's going to impact a lot more than just one NFL team. I'll explain in 30 seconds after this word from Zip Recruiter. If you're hiring for your company, this is a busy time of year. Obviously, new year means new goals and finding the right people to accomplish them. Thankfully, there's Zip Recruiter with powerful matching technology that finds the right candidates for your job. Let Zip Recruiter help you find the best people for all your roles. Four out of five employers who post on Zip Recruiter get a quality candidate Within the first day, see for yourself, go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny at ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Okay, this is from our uh, ESPN Bears reporter, Courtney Cronin. She tweets, per source, Kevin Warren, who is the commissioner of the Big Ten, (coughs) excuse me, is expected to be named the next president of the Chicago Bears. He will replace Ted Phillips who announced his retirement last fall as the team's president and CEO. Kevin Warren was the chief operating officer of the Vikings before he went to the Big Ten. That's a role that he had from 2015 to 2019. Uh, He did, among other things, helped them get their new stadium and everything else. So here's what I can tell you. I knew Ted Phillips back in my day covering the Bears in Chicago in the 90s before he became the president. He was their cap guy. That was his role, and that's how I knew him back at the time when this is when the salary cap was first implemented in pro football, and they hired Ted to be that person. And so I knew him, and so I've known him to some degree that long. He's been at the organization a really long time. Um, that organization is run by the McCaskey family. It is still owned by um, by George Hallis' daughter, I mean, Virginia Hallis, who's 100 years old. Her last name is now McCaskey. So that that's all still there, and so they go out and they hire Kevin Warren, who I think, generally speaking, most of what I heard as a Big Ten fan and alum was a lot of grumbling about his time at the Big Ten. I, I don't think his tenure will be remembered particularly fondly. Um, back in the earliest days of COVID, I know he initially was in favor of and in fact canceled the season, and then <coughs> that all got changed, and whatever. I, I'm willing to give almost anyone a pass on the things that happened then because there was just such uncertainty like no one knew anything so there's a part of me that just sort of doesn't want to go through that then you've got the whole USC UCLA thing one way or another this is a one door closes and another one opens as I bring in the assembled members of the hashtag crew around me here Hembo's with me in New York Bubba and Cam are up in Bristol so the Kevin Warren becomes the new president of the Bears which that is what it is it's a a time of total change in that franchise and now the Big Ten, just three years after hiring Kevin Warren, Jim Delaney was there forever and basically built that place. Um that turned the Big Ten well, I mean it certainly gets a lot of credit for having had enormous success during his time there, now a short tenure for Kevin Warren and they need a new commissioner. What do you make of this embo?
5: Yeah, say what you want about Kevin Warren and his time with the Big Ten. This is a guy that gets stuff done and he's gonna get stuff done for the Bears. In the Big Ten's case he helped them get a $7 billion deal, a media rights deal last year. And while he was with the Minnesota Vikings, like you said, he helped them build that, build that huge, magnificent stadium. I, I think that you went to five years or so ago to cover the Super Bowl, if, if memory serves. served. Yes. Um, I got so, pneumonia,
1: too, when I was there, parenthetically. It was oh. the
5: sickest I was until now. You, you would die to have <coughs> pneumonia now. Um, th- that being said, the Bears obviously have quite a bit going on. Now. They got the first pick in the draft. They are There's at least rumors about these uh, re- potential uh, renovations to Soldier Field and— rebranding and such. And, oh, and and candidly,
1: maybe moving. I right, mean, the whole there, there's a ton of stuff yeah. going on there. And most of that is stuff that if you don't live there and don't care about, you don't care because the, the president is not going to come in. He's not the one making the football decisions. He's doing a lot of things that don't have anything to do with deciding if you're going to trade Justin Fields or not. So that is what it is. I think that the the opening at the Big Ten is an interesting one. Mm. You know, they passed over someone I know well in Jim Phillips when they hired Warren to begin with. Um, Jim Phillips was the athletic director at Northwestern for a long time, and he's someone I know well, and he subsequently has become and is the commissioner of the ACC. That's someone I thought the Big Ten should have hired at the time anyway, but that's neither here nor there. So they've got all that going on. So that's what's going on now with those two, and, and we'll see where it all uh, winds up falling. That, that's the latest news. If there's anything further, we'll go from there. In the meantime, it's playoff weekend. Let's go. Greenies Takes. All right. Again, Hembo asks these questions as a content producer on Get Up to our various analysts, and now more importantly, he asks them to me, <coughs> so we can get the right—excuse <coughs> me—the right
5: answers. Here we go. What's
1: the first question?
5: Uh, if you were a head coaching candidate in the NFL, which job would you absolutely not take? Houston. That's
1: the job I would absolutely not take. Um, the more I think about Houston, the more of a joke I think it is. Um, what's going on there is ridiculous, you know, and, and and I've never met the owner. I don't know Cal McNair from A Hole in the Wall. I, I know it's not a coincidence that he owns the team and his last name is McNair. Uh, but I don't know anything more than that. But I do know that he hired this guy to be the to basically be the figurehead of the organization that everyone thought was a complete disaster that was back when they had Deshaun Watson and everyone thought that was the best thing about that organization. I'm not going to hold the Deshaun Watson stuff against the owner, but then everything that he has done since then has just been ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't know how they're not the laughing stock of the entire league. So that would unquestionably be the job that I would not take. If I had any other option, I would take the other option before I would take that. What's next?
5: If I told you that one team is going to go worst to first next season, like Jacksonville just did, Greeny, who would you take? So I I should have called up the standings.
1: I knew this question was coming, but I got sidetracked by the news. Who were the last place teams this year?
5: The Jets. Could you see it? Well,
1: let me hear the next option. I don't think it's... I don't think it's totally far-fetched, but they need to hit a home run at quarterback. Go ahead. Now uh, The Browns, could you see it? No. The Texans. <laughs> Let me go back to the Browns. The Texans most certainly not. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to say no on the Browns. I mean, that's less likely. Go ahead. How about the Broncos? Huh, no. Kansas City's in that division. No.
5: Washington and their th- uh, three-headed monster at no, quarterback. No, I don't think so. How about Chicago?
1: Uh, I mean... I just think the division is improving I don't think that's impossible go ahead how about Atlanta that's a good one Atlanta is a good one keep going give me one more the last one because is there's Arizona. only one more team Arizona certainly not okay I'm going to go Atlanta and I'll tell you why because I think Brady is going to leave the Bucks. <coughs> they're awful with him so I can't fathom how bad they're going to be next year they're in a total rebuild New Orleans has been a, an enormous disappointment they're no good their best players are never playing it's just awful and then who am I thinking? Oh, Carolina. They're starting over again. I, I think I think Carolina and Atlanta are the two teams I like in that division. I mean, I, I like the Jets' future, but I mean, Buffalo isn't going away. I, I like Chicago's future, but I think Detroit is really good. Minnesota's really good. Rodgers is coming back to Green Bay. I think the likeliest team to go from worst to first next year is the Atlanta Falcons. What's next? Uh, who do you take for the next 10 years? Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence? Which one of them do I want for the next 10 years? Herbert. next 10 years. Herbert. Herbert. I-, I like Lawrence, and I think he's-, he's come a long way. But here's what I will say. Justin Herbert started his career under um, adverse circumstances. Remember the way he came in? He came in because Tyrod Taylor got a shot that didn't work. And-, and Justin Herbert stepped on the field and was a stud immediately. Now, <clears throat> that adversity... I think doesn't compare to the adversity that Lawrence had. Lawrence had a coach who just had no idea what he was doing. I mean, the Urban Meyer thing is going to be looked back on as one of the true disasters in NFL. Who had a worse tenure, uh, Urban Meyer or Zach Wilson? Like, which is the bigger disaster? I would at like this you point? to
5: narrate that thirty for thirty.
1: Yeah, right? that, that, that's a thirty. It, it won't be. It's too short. It's like a ten for ten. A thirty for thirty short. He was only there for ten minutes. It, it's a ten for ten. He
5: kicked the the Ur- kicker,
1: the Urban Meyer era. Um, but still, Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence has a chance to be an excellent quarterback. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. The problem sometimes with making these choices is you have to denigrate one to build up the other. I think Justin Herbert is phenomenal. And I think he has a chance to be an absolute superstar. So my answer is going to be Justin Herbert. My answer would be Justin Herbert over almost anyone.
5: Mm. All right, last question here. Who should Derek Carr be playing quarterback for next year? See, season. that's such a hard one. <laughs> the reason I wanted it in there is
1: because, and hey, let's lose the music and let's bring everyone in on this thing here, guys. Cam and Bubba, I'll ask you as well. Derek Carr <clears throat> Daniel Jones. Tom Brady. I'm just going through the names of people who I think are going to be options at quarterback. You gave me some other names the other day. Hemba. Who, who am I forget? Everyone throw names out there. Who are Geno other- Smith? Geno Smith is a free agent. Um, Daniel Jones. Tom Brady, Derek Carr. Who else am I forgetting? Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G is a great one. Jacoby yep. Brissett. Baker
0: Mayfield.
5: Andy Dalton.
1: Baker Mayfield dissol- b- belongs Sam in Sam the- Darnold. Okay, stop talking now. So let's start. Let's, of those people, uh, if, you, if I told you right now that you could sign any of those quarterbacks for your team, Bubba, t- t- take the fact that your team is set at quarterback despite Dak's struggles out of it, which of those guys do you want? Mm, I forgot the list. De- well, what kind of answer is that? You're the producer of the show now. Well, I was trying to think of other names while he was giving names, and I kind of forgot who was on there. Derek Carr. <laughs> right. Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> okay. A, four, a, guy, a 46-year-old Tom Brady. Um, Geno Smith coming right. off a career year. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Who you want? I'm going Jimmy G. Jimmy G. How about you, Hemba? I...
5: I mean, Jimmy G will be great for those seven games. Yeah. Uh, Derek Carr is the best option in that group. The contract's reasonable. The play isn't outstanding, but like it's def- like the baseline of it is much higher than most of those guys. You obviously have to concede some draft capital, but probably not too much. The free agent list isn't all that appealing. And t- look, you're not picking Tom. Like Tom Brady's going to go wherever he wants. He'll <laughs> he'll dictate where, where he goes based upon the Cam. Which guy do you want? Uh, just to be different, I'll take Gino. If he's got a good coach, I think he plays well. The Geno Smith renaissance is so interesting to me because we had like a decade that say you were a high-end backup at best. Part of me wonders in observing what Geno did this year and what Russell Wilson did this year, maybe all of that is just Pete Carroll and that system in Seattle. I don't think so. You don't?
1: Uh, No. I mean, uh, I don't think anyone has ever said Pete Carroll, quarterback guru. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Pete Carroll was a coordinator. Do you know which side of the ball he coordinated? I do. The
5: other one. But the point is (laughs) not that Pete Carroll fostered that. It's that they've created an environment in Seattle that's essentially quarterback proof. That's all that I'm saying. I think someone is very likely to overpay for an outlier Geno Smith season. That's all that I'm saying.
1: All right. So if you want to say that Geno Smith is not going to have more years like this one, I agree with you. If you want to say you want Derek Carr over him, I agree with you.
5: I'll tell you the one I
1: find intriguing. You're all going to make fun of me. I'm prepared to be made fun of. I'm intrigued by Daniel Jones. I really am. I I think Daniel Jones is better than Daniel Jones. The owner of the Giants said it himself. They did everything possible to screw that kid up, and then they finally got it right. You want to talk about? I think it's a good pick. You, You talk about Trevor Lawrence having to live through a year and then getting Doug Peterson like Doug Peterson and Brian Dayball have, have that in common they're guys you bring in like t- tell me what it is about Daniel Jones that you look at and you just say that guy can't turn out to be a really good quarterback that comes with zero baggage zero zero for sure zero I, I- I like him. I, I, I think that's a real option. And I don't think he's going to be as expensive as some of these. Someone's going to pay Jimmy. I agree with you completely. Someone's going to pay Jimmy Garoppolo a ton of money to be a very average quarterback who's going to get hurt. Sure. That's just the reality with him. Um, Brady's going to be 46 years old. I mean, that, that's obviously a year to year situation at best. Um, who am I forgetting in here? Carr is the only other one I would consider. A Carr is the one because I, I do think that Carr has a chance to be really good. But this year was a
4: step back, man. Yeah.
1: I don't know how much of that is Josh mm. McDaniels' fault, but the one thing you wouldn't think is that Josh McDaniels would be a bad thing for the quarterback. That, that, that strikes me as a very
5: odd There is one
1: season. name that,
5: that you've not mentioned unless I missed it, and that name is Lamar Jackson.
1: Well, so then that becomes the really fascinating one because Lamar Jackson is the only one that when you get him, A, you have to trade for him, and b you've got to, he wants 240 million guaranteed dollars and i think he thinks he's going to get them so would i rather have lamar jackson in a vacuum than i'd rather have lamar jackson than all the rest of these names we just said put together but you know what we are seeing right now is a legitimate concern about his ability to stay healthy and if 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 you're going to have to guarantee if basically if he gets hurt or isn't great we're done for the next four years i don't
5: think i'm willing to roll those dice it's the it's going to be the biggest trade package since herschel walker and it's the 250 million dollars guarantee yeah
1: i don't think i, I don't think i do that
5: you don't. I, I, No. i think it scares me i think it's too risky would you have done that a year ago maybe two
1: definitely he's only 26 years old i understand He's young. I, I, I think he's, tw- is he 26 or Just, 25? Ju- he turned 26 like last week. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought he was the same age as Stetson Bennett.
5: He wasn't he, until last week.
1: He could have been starting the national championship game in college. The guy <laughs> won the Heisman when he was 19 years old. All right, coming up next, we will give you a perfect explanation of why players should never be allowed to vote for anything. That is next after this word from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and so- <coughs> and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. <coughs> Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. I apologize for the coughing. I will do my best as we roll on. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio.
0: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is Greenie.
1: Your chance to be a part of Greenie Nation comes on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Ironic or coincidental. It's not really ironic, but it is coincidental that we were just talking about Derek Carr um, and where he might wind up next and... As we were having that conversation, he posted his goodbye and thank you to the Raiders. He was, of course, originally drafted in the second round by the Oakland Raiders. Then they, of course, moved to Las Vegas. And I I think he distinguished himself there. I really do. There have been some downs along with the ups, but I think his big up of 2021 was a really good year with all that Gruden horrible stuff going on around him. I think he emerged as a leader. He's a really good player. He's not a great player. He's a really good player. And I think he will do very well somewhere next year. I'll be fascinated to see
5: where a lot of people will point to the Jets. It wasn't stunning to see Tom Brady win the Super Bowl in 2020, but it surprised me a good bit to see Matthew Stafford do so the next year. Do you think there is any sort of option that Derek Carr, in the right environment might be able to do what Stafford did? Or do you view them as quarterbacks on sort of different wavelengths?
1: Or no, because I, I think the teams around them were the reasons for that more than the players themselves. And so the situation... See, so you get into a very uncomfortable place here. I don't like talking about Miami having to make a long-term quarterback decision. That poor kid just suffered another concussion. He, I feel bad. I feel terrible for Tua Tungavailoa. I mean, this is a kid... Talented enough, anointed from a young age, and rightly so, certainly talented enough to make generational money playing the game of football. And I think now there's really legitimate reason to be concerned it's never going to happen because, you know, the concussion stuff is, it's real, and it's a legitimate concern. And he has to think about it, and his family, and the organization has to think about it. So I hate what I'm about to say. But what I'm about to say is Miami is that situation. Mm. You take Derek Carr, you take Tom Brady, you take almost any of these guys and plug them in there, and you've got a chance to be a Super Bowl team as
5: soon as next year. Absolutely. And so what you're doing there is, like is we're presupposing that Tua walks away, right? Like, they're not going to bring in No, that, that's a situation if it comes up. Because Tua was not good this year. He was great mm. when he played. He led the NFL in yards per attempt and yards per completion and passer rating when, when he played. On a per-play basis, the Dolphins had the best offense in the NFL. So it solely comes down to, do I want to go out there again and put myself at further risk? He's
1: got to decide that, and the organization has to decide that. I don't know how they give him the long-term contract this year. Maybe yeah. you pick up the fifth-year option and see what happens going forward. Maybe you don't even do that. I don't, know. I don't um, envy them having to make that decision. Okay, there's something I want to say. So I have been covering sports a very long time. I've been doing talk shows going back to the mid-90s. I started uh, doing a talk show here at ESPN Radio, obviously, in the year 2000 with Mike. And over the years, I can't count the number of times I've heard people complain about writers voting on stuff. I have votes. Now, I now have a vote for NBA awards and things like that because I cover the sport. Baseball writers we all know famously have a vote on MVPs and Hall of Fame and all that stuff, (coughs) football as well, and I hear a lot of complaining about it, and I keep hearing people say, why is it you let people who don't play the game make these important decisions? I never want to hear that again. The football players yesterday voted on their own all-pro team, and there were any number of decisions they made that are questionable, but one of them is so bad that it is genuinely disqualifying. The entire list should be ignored, and no one paying attention should take it seriously because they voted Aaron Donald a first team All Pro, or an All Pro, though well they have his first team, <laughs> at defensive tackle ahead of Quinnen Williams. And I'm just going to say, no one human being who watched this football season and paid attention in an unbiased way would say that Aaron Donald had a better season than Quinnen Williams. Make make sure you understand what I'm saying. Aaron Donald is not only a first ballot Hall of Famer, he is one of the greatest football players that ever lived at any position and is probably on a very short list of the greatest ever to play his position for sure. That does not change the fact that he was hurt a lot of this year and not that Effective when he played, and Quinn and Williams was brilliant. Quinn and Williams absolutely should be in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation. So I never want to hear again. Oh, tell these writers they don't know. They don't know what they're watching. You tell the players they don't know what they're watching. You ask those players who voted for Aaron Donald solely based on reputation if that's what they want. You want your bonuses decided if all of a sudden that's what's at stake here? You want that decided? You want Pro Bowls decided? You want Hall of Fame decided by people who clearly have a position they're taking, who are clearly doing so with a bias, with a preconceived notion? If you were going to put Aaron Donald on your first team All-Pro this year, then you might as well have checked that box before the season began. You're basically telling us there was nothing that could happen this year that was going to keep him from being in this position. And I do not say this because I am a fan of the team, except that I watch every snap they play. So I am well aware, I defy anyone who voted for Aaron Donald this year to tell me in what way he deserved this ahead of Quinn and Williams. I'm waiting. So I am not interested in ever hearing again how it is the players who should be voting on all of these things. All right, we'll continue in just a moment. I'm drinking soup and we'll see if it helps ESPN Radio
0: Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.